Hey friend, welcome to The Ashley O Show. I'm your host, Ashley O'Connor. I'm a registered nurse turned health coach, and I am on a mission to keep people out of the hospital and into healthier lives than they ever thought possible. How? By getting back to the basics, prioritizing mental health, ditching diet culture, and repairing our relationships with food, fitness, and our bodies. Expect unfiltered, unapologetic, and unsugarcoated conversations about building lives, careers, bodies, and minds that are stronger than we could have imagined. The truth is, I don't have it all figured out, but I plan on spending my life searching for answers to the most important questions. This podcast is all about bringing you along for that ride. Now let's go chase some uncertainty. What is up, guys? Welcome back to The Ashley O Show. This week, we're doing things a little bit differently. Last week, I was interviewed on my amazing friend's and coaches podcast, Jess, over on Selfish Confidence, which is her podcast. And I'm actually reposting that interview here for you guys to enjoy in case you aren't already following Jess and maybe didn't get to hear this interview. It was such a beautiful conversation. We chat about all things chasing uncertainty, this big transition season of life, how to maintain your health and sanity during the holidays, We also chat all about the homecoming program, what it is, what it isn't, who it's for, what to expect. It was such a great conversation that I just thought it would be really awesome for you guys to hear it on here as well. Jess is a beautiful human being. If you are not already, you have to go follow her podcast as well, Selfish Confidence. It is so incredible. She interviews amazing people and just her own live episodes as well each week are so impactful and tactical that you guys are going to love her. I I love Jess to death, so I'm just so honored that I had the opportunity to be on her podcast. So check this out. Let us know what you think. I'll have all of her information in the show notes as well, so you can tag both of us with your takeaways. But I'm really excited for you guys to hear this conversation. Let us know what you think, and I hope you guys are having a really great week after Christmas. Rest this week. Enjoy And keep an eye out for pre-New Year's deals that'll be coming out for the homecoming program launching January 30th. I'm so excited to share more with you guys. But without further ado, let's dive into the conversation. Welcome, Ashley. I am so excited that you're here today for so many reasons because you're just the best and I love you so much. And um, Ashley is actually a client of mine who I have had the opportunity to watch grow so much in the last, like, I don't know, not even six months. It hasn't been that long. And it's just been such a blessing to see. And I was like, you have to come on the show and talk about all the craziness that you've been doing and how much growth you've been having and the life that you've been living and the life that you're going to be living in 2023 because it just gets more exciting. So welcome, Ashley O'Connor. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. It's weird. uh, We were just talking about this hearing (laughs) Ashley O'Connor because I'm changing my name. Paperwork's in the mail, but it's been a long time coming. So Ashley O'Connor, it is. Yeah. How long have you been married? Uh, (laughs) Two, over two years now. (laughs) Yeah, two years. Yeah. But Ashley, her maiden name is Ashley Carter Carden, mm-hmm. and I have been calling you that forever. So this is my first time really actually leaning into the new name and going with it. But it's time. We have to because, well, it's your name. <laughs> it's my name. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, Ashley O'Connor. Uh, uh, let's let's just dive into it. Let's just get into the juice. Can you tell us about you and your beautiful unconventional life path? Yeah. So I could go way back, but we won't go too far back. I promise. So 
I started my unconventional path, I feel like started as a teenager only because I was a very rebellious teenager. Um, but I quickly learned to conform to like go down the societal path that everyone is supposed to take or should take that we're told. So I went to college, even though I really didn't know what I wanted. Um, and I pursued a degree in psychology, had no idea what I was going to do with that, graduated and worked in tons of different jobs. So I worked in biomedical manufacturing. I worked in biomedical research when I moved to Tucson, Arizona. And then I eventually went into behavioral health, which actually used the degree for the first time, but it was extremely stressful. And I knew that I wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. My why really since I was probably a teenager has always been that I want to help people. I want to make a positive impact. I want to help improve their lives in some way. I just never quite knew how I was going to do that. So I eventually decided that I wanted to go back to school and go into nursing because that felt like the right place for me to follow my my impact that I wanted to make. So I went to nursing school, did really well, graduated and started in the adult ICU in the fall of 2019 right before the pandemic. So I got off of orientation in March of 2020, right when the pandemic hit. So I essentially was a COVID ICU nurse for a year and a half and got really burnt out. I never quite felt like it was the right place, but I thought maybe it was just that COVID was the problem. So I changed jobs. I went into uh, methadone clinics. So I kind of pursued my psychology background at least a little bit. And thought that that might be the space because it was an outpatient setting. It was less stressful, but then it wasn't, it almost wasn't stressful enough. And I still felt like I wasn't making the impact that I wanted to. It felt like we were putting band-aids on things, which unfortunately is some of the ways that our healthcare system works. I eventually changed again in, this is all in three years, so not long, <laughs> but I eventually changed into um, a cath lab nurse, which was more procedural. And I felt like maybe I could make the impact I wanted to there because we were working with more emergency cases and helping people recover quickly. But again, it just never quite felt aligned. So it was actually this year in November. So not long ago, <laughs> what is that? Two months, not even that I left the nursing profession because I knew that it just, it wasn't aligned for me. And it's really hard to to say because that job is so well-respected and I worked really hard to move into nursing, hoping that it would be the right place for me, but it just, it just didn't end up being that. Um, and I kind of had to follow that feeling that this isn't the right fit. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I just felt like I was keeping people in the hospital and treating symptoms instead of treating the underlying disease. So needless to say, long, long story short, um, I had three different jobs in nursing, knew that it wasn't a good fit. And so I then pursued health coaching and I'm now a full-time health coach. Um, took the leap in November and made the change. So pretty unconventional, I guess I would say. I still have no idea what I'm doing. It's It's been a journey. Like that's a lot of change. Yeah. And I know how hard it is for people to accept change and to, to try things out of their comfort zone, but you sound like you're a pro at it. Like you've been following your heart and although it's come to dead end so many times, 
you're trying something new, trying different degrees and different careers and so many things. Like, how did you find the courage to take leaps like that in in all areas of your life? So I honestly, I think, yes, it takes, it definitely took some courage, but I think it was also this like um, immense, like overwhelming fear that I would not live up to my potential. That that really was the driving factor and that I would stay stagnant. Um, it definitely took some courage to take the actual leaps, but really the driving factor was that fear because we spend 90,000 hours on average working in our lifetimes. A third of our lives on average is spent working. And I I always knew that I wanted to have a job that I was passionate about. I always knew that I wanted to love what I was doing, which I think most of us do, especially millennials. I think we were fed this idea that we should be passionate about what what we do, which is great. But I just never found that. And I knew that I couldn't handle spending a third of my life doing something that made me miserable, doing something that I hated, doing something that wasn't filling me up, doing something that wasn't aligned. So it was more the fear of living that and staying stagnant, staying stuck where I was that was the biggest driving factor and has always been. So I've always chased uncertainty because I know that that is where growth is going to happen. I know that that's where change is going to happen, even though it's extraordinarily uncomfortable. I would rather be uncomfortable in change than comfortable staying the same. Um, So I knew that for myself. I tried all these different units. I tried things. I didn't want to just half-ass it and not give nursing the shot that I needed to. But once I tried all these different units, I know as three years, a lot of people will say that's not enough time, but there's this knowing too. There's this like gut feeling that I knew that it wasn't the right fit. So I knew that I had to make a change. It just was a matter of figuring out how to do that. Um, because I I mean, honestly, I was a, I was a great nurse. I loved my patients. I was really good at the job, but sometimes that's not that's not enough. It looks great on paper, but if it's not filling you up, that's 33% of your life. I want the 33% of my life to be devoted to something bigger than me and something that means a lot to me. And this is this is that for me. Ooh, I feel emotional over here. And it's probably also because I have a connection to you that's that's deeper than, you know, just recording this podcast, but I'm just over here just in awe because what a message, like a third of your life. And we spend so much time like being miserable in jobs that we have. And I, I've i made a big change in my life too, just like you. And, and it makes a big impact on who you are and how you show up in the world. And I know there's a lot of people who listen to this who are in places where they hate what they're doing for work and want something more. And you did that. How did you face the the judgment from others was there judgment from others and i know that you faced a lot of judgment from yourself um so can you kind of touch on on the judgment that you felt in the world both by yourself and from others um when you have been like hopping around from career to career in in such a short period of time yeah so i i've learned a lot about myself in the past 6 months probably since working with you and just the growth phase that i've been in so that's been really helpful but i there's been tons of judgment, I guess, from different people in my life, both friends and loved ones. And it's usually out of a place of love. It's usually not out of a place of um, 
being jealous or hatred or nothing like that. It's it's usually out of a place of love. They just don't understand um, the path that I've chosen to take. And and my family honestly has been pretty supportive. They just have to adjust to the new thing that Ashley's doing, and it feels like every other week. Um, but I've also learned to slowly accept that in myself. I felt really flaky for a long time, but I also am learning that that's kind of how I work, um, that I have to go through trial and error, that I have to try things out for myself and see how they feel and see if they're aligned. And then if they're not, I have to move on. Um, so I'm the internal judgment has probably been harder to get through than the external judgment because I can kind of get past it and write it off as they just don't get it. It's okay. They don't have to. But for me, the hardest part probably has been mourning that identity that I had, all of these identities. I had so many so far at this at a young age. I've I've had so many paths that I've taken and then left behind that I I've learned to get past it, but each time it is hard. And each time it does kind of cut down on my confidence at least a little bit. It blows it down and then I build it back up because I have to let go of this idea that I've worked really hard and spent all this money on nursing or psychology or whatever else. I have plenty of debt to remind me <laughs> every day um, of that conventional path that I took that just didn't work. But it's it's me learning that that's the way that I'm going to operate. It's the way that my brain works best. It's the way that my gut works best is by trying things out. And if they don't fit, then moving on. Um, so it's really me working on that for myself, for sure. But learning about myself has helped a ton. Learning that that is how I operate has been really helpful. Um, if any of you guys know human design, that's what I'm just, I'm just diving into the <laughs> the waters a little bit in that space. And I'm a three, five profile. And that's one of those pieces is I have to try things and figure out if they work. And then if they do, I have to tell everyone about it, which is why coaching is such a great fit too, because it allows me to try things, figure out what works and then tell my clients about it. So I don't know. I'm feeling really aligned, but that judgment is really hard. It's something that you have to work through for yourself. Um, and I think the self-care practices, the mental health practices are probably the biggest things that have held me up in this time is learning about myself and processing those, those sorts of feelings. Yeah, girl. Yeah. And I'm a 3-5 profile too, which is I think why we connected because we really understand that trial and error phase in life that not a lot of people in the world get. It's like people can tell you like, oh, like, don't do nursing, it's the worst, or whatever. And you would be like, ah, I still got to try it out for myself. That's just kind of the personality that we have. And, yeah, it's not always seen as a good thing on the outside. And earlier, too, when you said, like, three years, it's not a long time. Uh, people say you should probably try it out longer. But, like, would someone tell you to stay in a relationship if at three years you were like, eh, not really feeling it, like, no, they would tell you, okay, life is short. You you yeah. want to, you know, find the right partner. So like beat it and find someone new. Like they wouldn't tell you to stay in a relationship that's stagnant after three years. Why would someone tell you to stay in a job that's stagnant after three years? Like, you know, like we trust yeah. our guts. But I think it's the path <sighs> too. Yeah. It's, the, it's what everyone else does. It's what we're supposed to do. You have to give the job a chance. You're supposed to go to college, get the job, stay in the job and retire from the job. Like that's so it's weird when you do something different. So it makes sense. But yeah, it's so it's so true. We would never tell the people we love to stay in a relationship that long. And so why is it so accepted for a job that's 
That's a great point. Because that's just the same amount of time as a relationship. Like a third Mm -hmm. of your life is a lot of time you spend (laughs) with someone, if not more than that. So like, yeah, I think that that's um, really interesting. And what is also interesting too is just like you in that identity piece of like changing from being Ashley the nurse and so many changes and you're rebranding and you're in that kind of like awkward middle phase. And I say that because your whole podcast that you had was all for nursing, like teaching people how to do nurse things that I don't know anything about, like (laughs) IVs and tubes and things that I don't know anything about. So (laughs) how are you navigating this change in your life and this like uncertainty around your identity? Well, I'm I'm navigating it with lots of overwhelm (laughs) and stress, (laughs) Um, but also Mm -hmm. work. I guess uh, it's it's not I don't know. I think we hear from people who have taken the leap. We hear from entrepreneurs. We hear from people who have done who have gone down the path that we're interested in. And we hear from them when they're like 12 steps ahead and they've already gotten through all of this and they can look back and be like, well, I just I knew I had to take the leap. I knew I had to you know, chase the uncertainty. And I say that all the time. But really, it's it's not rainbows and butterflies like chasing the uncertainty and navigating the change is really uncomfortable so I'm learning how to sit in the discomfort um, and I'm learning how to get used to these feelings of change all the time because I know that that's what being an entrepreneur and growing in a business is going to feel like Um, but I also know that I would rather chase the uncertainty than be stuck in a certain hell, I guess, if that's okay to say. I, I'd i rather be uncomfortable, as I said earlier, than stay in this comfort zone of misery, like where I know that I'm not aligned. I know misery might sound a little bit dramatic, but that staying stagnant, like I said, is probably my my biggest fear. And staying stuck in something that's not aligned for you is, again, that's a third of your life that you're essentially letting go of is staying stuck, feeling exhausted and living on autopilot. So I know that I'd rather be uncertain, but that doesn't mean that it's comfortable. So I'm navigating it by learning how to cope with that discomfort and coping with those feelings. Um, I wish I wish I had a graceful and perfect answer to this type of question, but I, I think we also need to remember that the people who take the leaps, it's not fun. I think we see it and we're like, oh, I want to do that. It's look, look how much their lives change. Like it must be great. Cause we, again, we see people once they are three years down the line and they can look back on the the leap and say, that was the moment. That's when everything changed. That's when everything got great. That's when I followed my dreams. But that doesn't mean that the leap is, feels very good. Cause I can tell you it does not. <laughs> um, it feels better than where I was because I know I'm taking messy action. I know that I'm I'm in that growth phase. I know that it's supposed to feel uncomfortable, but that doesn't um that doesn't make it feel any better. So I'm what I'm learning to do is sit in the discomfort. I'm leaning into those feelings because I know that's part of the process, and I'm also just like hoarding and gathering my my resources and my support. So I'm getting coaches. Like I have you, I have I have multiple coaches. I have people in my lives that I that I know are supportive of me that I can turn to when I'm dealing with something, even if they're not in the same space, they at least know what I'm doing and they love and support this path. So I can lean on them when I'm having a a day that's been really difficult. So it's really that delegating, 
trying to pass off some things that are stressing me out so that I can focus on the things that I care about. And then just being really open and honest about the process, which is exactly what I'm trying to do here, where it's, I would love to have a beautiful answer, but I think the most important answer is reminding people that this, that chasing uncertainty is not pretty. It's not comfortable and it's not supposed to look good. You're not supposed to know what you're doing. At least that's how I, I've experienced it. Is I have no idea what I'm doing and that's the right place to be. Are you uncomfortable right now? <laughs> yes. Very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. I love the idea of the comfort zone of misery, which I know you're just like, well, it's a little morbid. But like, seriously, I think a lot of people can relate to their comfort zone, being a job, being a partner, being, you know, anything that they're just like, well, you know, I put the work in, I put the effort in, I put the money in. It's just easy. Like, I'm not happy, but like, it's easy. Like the comfort zone of misery. Like who wants to live in that? Not yeah. me. And, and we I say think, things like I can't turn back now. Like yeah, I've yes, put this can. much time into it. I can't, I can't change it now. We use that language all the time. And you can. It's just not going to look good. It's not going to feel, feel good. Ashley's living proof of that. You can. Yeah. It's just <laughs> going to be messy. <laughs> it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. And I like, too, how you're talking about just, like, entrepreneurship in general and changing your job in general. And, like, I noticed this even yesterday. Like, it's a roller coaster. Like, it's so uncomfortable. One day you're just high and you're like, oh, man, like, I'm doing all the things. I am incredible. Holy crap, look at me go. And then the next day you're, like, crying on the floor, um, not sure if you made the right choice, like, praying so hard that you figure it out. And then, like, the next day you're high again. Like, Think of it like your menstrual cycle. That's entrepreneurship. Highs and lows, lots of emotion, um, and a lot of discomfort. Like I felt it yesterday too. I made a podcast episode and then sat down and cried because I was like, I'm such a hypocrite. Like I told them (laughs) this and I am struggling. Um, And that's just kind of the roller coaster that we have. Mm -hmm. It's entrepreneurship and you're doing it and it's scary. Um, And I'm so proud of you and everything that you've been doing in the last little bit. can we chat about some of the big things that are coming next year and how you can continue to follow your heart and this unconventional truth that you're living? <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot happening next year. Um, so first thing is I'm I'm launching my first small group homecoming program. Um, it's an eight-week program. We can chat more about it, but I'm I'm launching that next year. So I'm launching my first group program as well as one-on-one coaching. I'm diving deeper into that as I leave the space where I am right now, because that's the other big, big change coming in 2023. We're taking off on a journey around the United States. We've decided to move out of our home and rent it out and then live in short-term rentals around the U.S. for three months at a time um, with two of our, two of our good friends. So we're kind of live in the nomadic life. So most of my time right now has been <laughs> either preparing for the program launching and diving deeper into the coaching space and also getting this house and everything ready to move and like live a totally different life than than we are right now. So we're starting in Denver, Colorado, which I'm very excited about, but there's a lot that goes into that too. So it has been stressful <laughs> to say the least but also super exciting we're less than a month away that we're that we're leaving right now um 
So it's it's been a lot, but tons of big things coming, the coaching and the moving probably being the two biggest. Those are huge. And I think what I love yeah. too is the fact that you are moving around and you don't know where you're going or what you're doing. <laughs> I love that for you. And I think that that's just going to help you to see is, is Tucson the place where you want to live forever or is one of these new places that you're going to going to light you up and become your new home? Like how crazy would that be? Yeah. That's the other intention is we're like, I don't know. We love Tucson, but who knows? We might like something else even better. Like we'll find out. It's going to be really exciting. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, Let's dive into your passion. Like let's, let's, you know, put your personal life aside for a second and talk about all the things that you're so freaking passionate about right now. Simplifying wellness for people like me who struggle with it. Can you give our listeners some advice to walk into a healthier 2023? Yes. So right now, especially, I don't know when this episode's exactly going to air, but you're somewhere in the new year um, or before the new year, and you're going to be bombarded with messages about what you need to cut out or stop doing or start doing. You're going to get a lot of messaging about that you're that you're too much or that you need to cut back or all of these things, that you're not enough at the same time somehow. This is the time of year where we get lots of fitness programs and nutrition programs thrown at us, which the intention behind them I know is a good one. I know that people are just trying to help people be healthier. But I do think that we've been fed this narrative for long enough, especially as women, that we need to somehow be smaller and less and take up less space. So what I would love if every woman, especially if every woman going into 2023 could remember, is that you can't, you cannot hate yourself healthy. That that level of hatred, the guilt, the shame, and the punishment that we usually associate with things like dieting and exercise and our bodies is not what's going to get you to a place of lasting health. That's not what's going to keep the weight off if you're try- if that's your goal for yourself. If you are just trying to feel better in your skin, hatred is not going to get you there. It's going to get you further down the path that you don't want to go. So I if I could help women remember anything, it's that they're enough right now wherever they are that they need to learn how to love themselves in the journey to health not once they get to the destination. We all think that those last 10 pounds, once we lose the last 10 pounds, then we'll be happy. Then we'll be beautiful. Then we'll be confident. Then we'll make the job change. Then we'll, you know, take the leap because I'll everything will be better once I'm smaller. That's what we've learned for so long is that things are better if you are skinnier. Things are better if you weigh less. Things are better if you are toned, you have a six pack or whatever else has been fed to us for so long. And I want to change that message for you. I would much rather women love themselves regardless of what size they are and pursue their dreams in that sense and not wait until they weigh a certain amount because that's that's the least interesting thing about you is your size or what you how many push-ups you can do or whether you've only eaten salad today. I don't, that's not interesting. That's not who you are. We've tried to shrink ourselves for so long and we spend so much of our time obsessed over how much we ate, how much we exercised, what our clothes look like, what they feel like, that we don't even have the brain power. We don't even have the mental energy to do the things that we care about. So imagine if we could erase that part 
imagine if we didn't have to worry about how much we ate, all the calculations, counting calories, whether we had enough protein, whether this these clothes fit, whether somebody looked at you a certain way, whether you look good in that picture or not. Like if we didn't have to worry about that, imagine what we could do. Imagine what we could create. Imagine what we could chase after. You'd probably have a lot more time and confidence and energy to race to chase after the things that you really care about. So remove the guilt and the shame from the equation and learn how to value yourself as you are right now on the on the way to something. Take away those pieces where we're obsessing about how many calories or being smaller or whatever else we're told that we need to do. I know that that sounds really easy in in you know saying it, but it's not easy in practice. But I think that that is the path for us to get to a place where we can actually accomplish the things that we care about and also feel good in our skin again. So take away the guilt and give yourself a little bit of grace in the process. You don't have to be perfect. You're doing amazing just as you are right now. Thanks, Ash. Thanks. I'll take that. (laughs) I have a question for you on the guilt and the Mm -hmm. shame part, because for me, I took this when I like switched out of like really strict dieting into like a more intuitive eating style. And it took me a really long time to actually get to that point where I didn't have any guilt around food anymore. I didn't have any guilt around, you know, not doing movement or the type of movement that I was doing. It took a long, a long time for me to break those societal pressures and those norms that we had been taught as millennial women for a really long time. To that person who's still stuck in that um, diet culture trap that that a lot of us have been fed for so long, how can she remove some of that guilt and shame and how can she do it out of place of of self-love where she's only been taught restriction? It starts small. It starts with the small steps towards that space. So how you can start is by first, I think taking an internal audit is always a great idea. So take a day a week and consider just try and remove yourself a little bit from those foods and how and all the guilt and shame and consider how foods are making you feel and if they are making you feel shame that's okay record that let's get some data going so that we can see the pattern of of what's happening for you where food is making you feel guilty or full of shame or maybe they're making you feel physical things is that food making you feel sick is it making you feel energized all of the all of that kind of data i think we first have to look at how food's making us feel and remove ourselves from it a little bit take that data and then we can look at patterns and we can start to reframe those things it's it feels really awkward at first it's like when people tell you to look at yourself in the mirror and tell you tell yourself that you love yourself or that you are beautiful even if you don't feel that way it feels really awkward at first it feels really uncomfortable but over time our brain learns that that that's how we feel. We learn to rewire what's going on in our brains and the patterns that we're we're seeing. So changing the language that we use around food. So if we look at the, the data points, if we can reframe, then we can change the language we use. Because most of us, because of diet culture, have learned a certain language when it comes to talking about food or exercise. We've learned that foods are good or bad. And by attaching that morality to our foods that we consume, we then 
transfer it to ourselves when we consume certain foods. So if you've labeled a food as bad and then you consume that food, you are then bad is what our brain likes to do. So changing the language around how we talk about food is an easy place to start. Taking that audit and noticing how foods are making you feel, those patterns, and then trying to reframe them. So that the next time you encounter that food or you encounter that feeling, you can reach back, go back to that reframe that you identified for yourself and change the conversation, change the language that you're using. Because <clears throat> I think what we have to remember too is our daughters are watching, our families are watching, other people are watching us, people that we would never want to speak to that, themselves that way. If your best friend was eating a food and then told you that she felt shame, she felt like she wasn't enough, she felt like she was ugly or fat or these things that we tell ourselves as, in, as if they are, I don't know, horrible things. If your friend told, told you that, you'd more than likely come to their defense. You'd more than likely remind them of how amazing they are of how beautiful they are, about how that food shouldn't have that much power over them because they are amazing. What they consume is not a big piece of them. Like you don't love your friends based on the foods they consume or whether they exercise enough, but we love ourselves based on the foods that we consume or how much exercise we've done. We love ourselves based on whether we've earned the food that we eat or whether we've punished ourselves enough in the gym. So I think the first pieces are that audit looking at how foods make you feel, starting to reframe the thought patterns that you're noticing, and then also changing the language that you use when it comes to your body, when it comes to food, and when it comes to exercise. Because you are not bad based on the food that you consume. We can't equate our worth to our consumption or our worth to whether we've spent enough hours in the gym. You are enough right now and you deserve to eat food. You deserve to fuel your body and nourish your body. Like it's it's really sad to me. It, it's hurtful to me that we've gotten to this point where we feel guilt over feeding our bodies. We feel guilt over hunger, which is a basic human need. We don't have to feel that way every time we consume something. Again, it it's clouding our our thoughts so much. It's filling up so much of our brain space when there's so much more to you than than that. So I think the audit, changing our language, and really starting to shift that relationship over time with food and our body and exercise. It took this long for you to get here. It's going to take a little bit of time to make that shift too. Mm, I love that. And I, yeah, because we always want everything to be instant. And when we change something, we want it to be just like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be a totally different person. But like, it takes a lot of time. I remember just like really struggling with following my intuition but then it's like also there was these like measuring cups over there and I'm just like how do I what do you mean my intuition like but that's how much protein I'm supposed to have I don't know what you're talking about it's taken it took a very long time so anyone struggling with that connect with Ashley she's a gal she's really going to help you to break some of those things that we've been telling ourselves make us worthy for so long and it it is not the truth um, and speaking of that, can you tell us a bit about your new eight-week homecoming program? Yes. So the homecoming program is, as you said, so it's an eight-week program, but it's designed to do exactly what I was just talking about. It's designed to help 
hit the reset button on your relationships with food and your body, exercise and mental health too, for sure. Um, those are the the key players in the game of health. We have been fed so many different diets and so many different programs that are based on deprivation, elimination, restriction, and usually exercise is punishment, hours in the gym, things that just aren't going to fit long-term. Like how many of you have started a diet, it worked for a little bit, <clears throat> and then you fell, fell off the wagon with air quotes, right? And went right back to where you were when you started. Like we've done this so many times, we've all yo-yo dieted, we've all gone up and down in our weights, we've all tried a diet, it didn't work, or we tried a diet and felt like crap and had and then went on a binge. We've all been in this cycle. So the homecoming program is a place for you to get reacquainted with yourself, get reacquainted with your relationships with food and exercise, and come back to your body. Because all of these things that we do, um, restricting our foods, trying to lose weight, trying to be smaller, going to the gym for hours, all of those things are us trying to change this body that we live in as if it's not us, as if it's not a part of us. We detach ourselves from this body so often because we feel shame about it. We've learned that it doesn't look the right way. We've learned that it has to change shape or size in order for us to feel at home here. But I want you to feel at home in your body. And that's one of my biggest intentions in the homecoming program is for you to learn the basics about nutrition. Keep it simple. We've all heard all these things on social media that are making it really complicated. Like every other day, an apple causes cancer. And then the next day, an apple is curing cancer. It's confusing. And I want to take the confusion out. I want it to be simple for you, where you can learn about how foods make you feel, learn about nutrition in an intuitive way so that you can get back to the place where you trust your body again and learn how to treat exercise like something that honors you instead of takes away from you. The intention is for you to feel empowered and confident and strong in your body and clear out the mind so that you don't have to obsess about food and all this stuff. We can free up that mental space for you so that you can do all the things that you really care about. So in the eight weeks, we'll be covering topics like intuitive eating. We'll be covering topics like joyful movement, um, taking that audit as we talked about. We'll have expert bonus calls in there too, where we'll cover things like confidence. We'll cover things like body image um, and also allow you to get to know yourself a little bit better. Again, like I was talking about for myself, that was a huge move for me. So part of homecoming, part of coming home is going to be you rebuilding that trust and you relearning who who you are outside of your diet, outside of how much you exercise. Um, so eight weeks long, there's also an option to add on one-on-one -on -one coaching outside of the group space. So that allows us to dive a little bit deeper for you and add an individ individualized option for you that's a little bit more personal. We can really dive deep into what's holding you back if you're feeling like you've got a lot of barriers on your path towards this. But the ultimate thing, the ultimate goal is that you feel at home in your body again and that you discover health that's actually going to last, not something that you're going to lose after eight weeks, not something that's you're just going to fall off the wagon with quotes again. This is a lasting change to the point that you probably won't need me. That's my goal. I don't want you to need me. I want you to come back to yourself 
and need yourself. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> like how great would that be? I love the the concept of just like coming home to yourself and and being home in your body. And I know there's a lot of people listening who don't feel that way. And if that's you, I want you to connect with Ashley and just chat with her because she's got so much knowledge and she really is a is a passionate person for this and for your health. And to make it simple, which is what I love because I don't want it complicated. I don't need to measure or weigh my food. Like this is bullshit. Like I want to feel simple, easy, fun, happy, joyful, confident, all of these things. And that's what you're bringing in this program, which I'm so excited about. Can you tell our listeners where they can connect with you, where they can find your podcast and be able to, yeah, message you about this program? Yes. So I am at the Ashley O Show basically everywhere. So my podcast is, I didn't even mention that I have a podcast. <laughs> I, I think I you mentioned did. it You earlier, did it for me, still. Jess. Thank you. Um, I have a podcast. It's called the Ashley O Show. It was formerly the nursing co-op, but now you find everything under the Ashley O Show. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Ashley O Show. And then you can even email me if that is your mode of communication at Ashley, well, Ashley O Show at gmail.com. Um, and we can connect that way. We can jump on a call and make sure that we're we're aligned and that this program will be a good fit. But I would love to have you guys there. I know that if you're in Jess's community, that you're going to be the exact type of women I want to work with because you're so motivated and you're chasing that confidence and you're working so hard on yourself. It's the same place you want to be. Oh, emotional over here again, just watching Ashley just shine. I love it so much. <laughs> um, can I ask you a few questions that I ask every podcast guest that comes on? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. I've never asked anyone <laughs> if I could ask them. Why am I asking you? <laughs> what um, if I said no? I would have been like, okay, okay. <laughs> and then there would have been a lot of really disappointed people who love to hear these questions or my guests. So way to disappoint <laughs> everyone, Ash. Thanks. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite compliment to receive? I love actually when people tell me that I'm strong. Um, that's one of my favorite compliments. Mm. It used to be that when I was like, oh, you've lost weight or you're skinny. But now I love it when somebody's like, wow, you're strong. Like you can lift weight or you're just strong mentally. Like I love that. I would rather be strong and not skinny. Yeah, girl. Oh, I love that. That's a that's a really good one. And I, and you are so strong. And I know you personally, so I can say that. Um, and hearing from your journey, I'm sure there's a lot of people who would look at your story and say the same thing, that you are so strong for making so many changes and for following uncertainty and just like being you. Like, what a gift. And yeah, you're so strong, Ash. Um, what I wasn't is strong th- enough for to catch you when you jumped off of the, oh the stage, though. <laughs> now that you say that, that that video will be a part of the promotion for this episode because oh, I haven't. I don't think I've shared that video. <laughs> I don't think you have either. <laughs> because I was kind of embarrassed, but also just like saving it for myself. Because yeah, I jumped. I thought this was going to be the greatest idea ever. I was like, actually, <laughs> take my phone. I'm gonna jump off. I didn't think I even told you what I was going to do. I think I just said, take, I, nope. take my phone yep. and record. This is going to be super, <clears throat> super sweet. And uh, I jumped off of a stage and did like a karate thing in the air and landed on top of Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for catching me. <laughs> You're welcome. Strength. Uh, strength. You're so strong. You're so strong. I love it. Thank you. What is your favorite thing to do to boost your mood when you're feeling grumpy? I love uh, actually just getting outside and moving in some way. And it doesn't, I'm not saying I'm like, I go for a run. I'm not that cool. I'm not that intense. Um, It's more that I love 
to move because it feels like I'm moving forward somehow. That's, mm. that's always when I process, if I sit in my emotions, I'll usually just go down a path and shut down. So the best way for me to boost my mood, if I'm in a funk is to move because then I feel like I'm moving forward so I can talk about it. I can process. Oh, that's good. Oh, I, like I always that. forget too until somebody yeah. reminds me. <laughs> yeah, we'll sit like in like the doom of like scrolling or spending too much time on your phone or spending too much time sitting on the couch. That's me all the time. And I like mm-hmm. the idea of moving forward. It's like getting up and moving and not staying and that stuck. So like that's a really great way of looking at it, Ash. Um, do you have a song or a quote that boosts your confidence? So the one I always go back to is um, When I Grow Up by NF. Um, he's a rapper, but it's fantastic. Okay, I'll check it out. I don't think I've ever heard It's him it. talking about an unconventional life path, really, because it's when I grow up, I'm not going to do the things that you guys say. I'm going to follow this dream or whatever. It's just so good. Ooh, He's amazing. <laughs> I like that. We're all about the unconventional life paths here, and I think that's why you're such a great fit to come on and to chat about your story and to do the things that – Oh, you've just been doing like you're you're doing so well, and I just like am beaming with happiness watching you. So even after this, we're hopping on a one-on-one call. So we're making a podcast recording <laughs> one-on-one call style. So um, thank you so much, Ash, for being here and for sharing your truth and spreading your light with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up a little bit of your brain space today. Like seriously, it means the world to me. If you connected with this episode, it would be amazing if you could share it with your friends and tag me at Ashley O Show so that I can personally thank you. That way, we can build an army of badass women who believe in themselves that will take the world by storm. I cannot wait to see what we make possible.